0: Y'all ready for me? Good morning. Welcome to Main Street on this hot summer morning. We're so glad you're here. And on a summer where there are many things vying for your attention and time, we're glad that you've chosen church um, at 11 o'clock on this Sunday. Um, we always want to remind you that we don't do worship to you. You bring worship with you. You you are the Beings, the human beings that worship, and you are the ones who bring worship with you. So we are honored that you're here, and when you're not here, we miss that your presence. So God bless you for being here today. And we are honored today to have uh, Reverend Eric Davis going to be preaching to you. He is the executive director of the Wesley Foundation here on USM's campus, and we're honored that he's going to be doing that. We have worked with him over the next year to schedule him Um, In the preaching schedule, so he'll be a regular with us throughout the next the coming year. So we are honored to have him today and in the coming months. Let's pause for a few moments and prepare. Oh, wait! I want to give you the announcements. I forget at this service. There's the beginning, and you you can tell that I haven't usually been doing this part of the service. I've been doing the other part. So if you would look at your bulletin, uh, the messenger portion, Aldersgate News. um, Aldersgate had a busy summer and came out with a eighty-eight average reading score for the children who are in our reading program, which is a big part of the Aldersgate experience. And considering that the children in the previous two years were not in school an entire year that whole time is remarkable. I mean, I, I, I want to say that that's really remarkable. You can read about all the other things that happened there this summer. There is a men's Sunday school class that meets right up here in the corner. And if you are a man and are looking for a Sunday school class, they would love to have you. Martin Reddy, who just walked into the sanctuary, is the teacher. And um, they meet every Sunday morning around uh, 10-ish, right up here. And they would love for you to be a part of that class and study with them. They're using the Bible study series literature and would welcome you. Um, Children, if you have a child or a grandchild that would like to be a part of our children's program, um, we need to know because uh, coming up in August... We are going to have an Education Sunday where we award them a Bible. You know, Up until age third grade, we are learning to read. And then somewhere in that third grade year, you read to learn, right? So we want them to have a Bible in their own hands that they can read for themselves. And we engrave their name on it. So if you would, please contact Susan if you have a rising third grader or you have a child that you'd like to be a part of our children's program that you'd like to receive a Bible. And then you see Youth News, they will be meeting tonight um, here at the church. And if you have a youth that would like to be part of the youth group, we would love to have them. But Let's now pause for a few moments and prepare our hearts to worship. Thank mm-hmm. you.
1: I ask you to take your worship bulletin this morning as we normally do, and stand and join in the greeting and prayer. Come and worship. and know the presence of the triune God. The Father to whom we come, the Son through whom we come, the Spirit by whom we come. We are the people of God, and we hear God's word. Be still and know that I am God. Amen. Our opening hymn of praise this morning is Love Divine, All Loves Excelling, number 384. We'll sing the entire hymn. this morning.
2: We have any other children that are going to join us this morning? we have some more? Some Schaefer kids? Maybe? And Miss Natalie? Welcome, ladies. Here they come. A couple of weeks ago, a couple of weeks ago, Mr. David and I helped our son, Colin, and our daughter-in-law, Brenna, move to Ohio, which is far away, um, who, who went to vacation Bible school? Did you get to come to vacation Bible school? If you came to vacation Bible school and in Bible studies, the Bible adventure part, there was a guy there that was Pharaoh, well, that was my son calling. Yep. <gasps> I know. It's exciting. He's a big guy, isn't he? And he has moved to Ohio. So, have any of you ever been to the state of Ohio? Have you ever traveled to Ohio? You've never traveled that far. Well, have any of you big people ever driven a moving truck to Ohio? Um, Needless to say, we we had to stop and take a rest. We stopped and had a room in a hotel, and we. Well, we didn't stay and swim in the pool. We just slept, got up the next morning, jumped back in the moving truck and headed on our way. But when we got there, my son Colin was like, oh my goodness, my cell phone is almost dead and all the stuff that I need to charge my cell phone is packed in some box. And being... You know, the resourceful mom, which would be me, that he has. I always come prepared. And I had an extra this. And I said, Is this what you need, sweetheart? He's like, Yes, ma'am, thank you. So he was able to charge up his phone. Can you get down just a that's perfect. Okay. He was able to charge up his phone. What would have happened if his phone had gone dead overnight? What would happen? He wouldn't get to watch stuff on his phone. I, I think he was needing to sleep. But the next day, we were all going to be driving, and if his phone wasn't charged, could he use it? He wouldn't be able to use it. He didn't have anything to plug it up. He wouldn't be able to use it. He didn't have any power. That's right. He might not know which way to go. He needed to put the address in Google Maps to know which way that he needed to go. So... Have you ever been so busy, so busy that you yourself ran out of your energy? You ran out of your charge because you neglected to plug yourself in. Do you know what our source of power is? The Bible, God's Word. Our power is through God's Word. And it is necessary as Christians to plug in every day and read God's Word and pray. And there's a story in the Bible where these two sisters, Mary and Martha, they were going to have Jesus visit them. Now, if you have a brother or sister, do they ever get on your nerves? (laughs) Sam's going, yes. Okay. So... They aggravate you sometimes, right? Well, one of these sisters, Martha, she was busy, busy, busy. And Mary was sitting at the feet of Jesus and listening. And Martha was getting kind of irritated with her sister because she felt like she wasn't helping. And she wanted her to be busy too, but Jesus told her that Mary's the one that chose to do the right thing. Because she was taking the time to get spiritually charged. Whenever we aren't spiritually charged, we lose it quickly. We waste all of our energy. You save your energy when you're sleeping. We have to have time that we are plugged into God. And we need to allow him to fill us with his spirit So that we're no longer running just on our power, but we're running on God's power, which is much more than what we could ever do, okay? So we're going to say a prayer, and then we're going to head upstairs, and we're going to actually learn about another story in the Bible, okay? So let's bow our heads. Dear God, thank you for all the stories that we have in the Bible that remind us of how we should live. Help us to slow down. Help us to breathe and to focus on you. And in Jesus' name we always pray. Amen.
1: Our prayer hymn this morning is number 534 in your hymnal, Be Still, My Soul. We'll sing verses 1 and 2.
0: probably have already heard but Rome Emmons passed away yesterday and his memorial services will service will be Tuesday 1030 visitation here in the sanctuary and 11:30 service. Um, so be please keep the Emmons family in your prayers. Um, Mary Margaret Tatum is improving. She no longer has any chest congestion and this has been kind of confusing because she was in the hospital she went home went back into the hospital is now on the rehab floor. So it's about walking and mobility now. It's not about the breathing. So we we're grateful for that. Gloria Olmekin is still at home seeking some treatment. Tim Cole continues his cancer treatment. Sarah Catherine Wallace, um, many of you who are on Facebook probably saw that they are in Chicago. By her own words, I'm, my head is as slick as a cue ball, but I'm doing much better. So remember her and her cancer treatment. Tamara Cater will be having some medical procedures soon. Tina Crawford continues to have ill health. We celebrate that Alice Cooper is back at home at Brookdale. I'm going to remember Karen Wiseman who is in our service today battling multiple health issues. Today, um, Tina Hoda begins the second week of Civitan Camp. Let me just say she's been out in this heat for a week and is going to do another week. Her position in heaven is assured. Let's just say that. I mean. If you're going to battle that for on behalf of children and youth who have special needs, um, we want to remember Sharon Miles, who is one of the lead singers in our praise band. Uh, Toby and I were at her father's funeral yesterday in Starkville, and that family is still in grief. Our own Ron, he- Ron Hegwood is in the hospital looking for something else. They discovered he has some blood disorders, and so he's there for a couple of days until they get this straightened out. And we want to remember Charlene Singleton, who had a fall and has cracked a few ribs and is just really bruised badly. Um, let's also remember uh, Nathan and Caroline Phillips, who are, as far as we know, are not related to our Phillips. He's a pastor in the Methodist system, and their baby has died. We don't know if it's Sid's death or some other event, but we want to remember them this week. I think he is serving Pora. Are there other names you want to mention? Let's pray together. Like children, Lord, we come to you with lots of wants and desires, many of them including the people that we love. We recognize that we are often powerless before health issues, before death, before struggle. If we can be a part of the compassion to make life better for any of the people that we've mentioned here, if we can be a part of speaking the right words, having the right touch, being the right presence, doing something practical that would help them, help us to be aware of that and step into that reality. We pray for our church, for all churches everywhere, that we might be a beacon of light in a world that so desperately needs goodness. We pray for our leaders, civic, political, economic, cultural, religious. There are so many competing demands on every leader in the world. Help them to chart the path that allows your kingdom to come the most in this world. We pray for our families, the people that we love, that we might be a love that reminds them of you. Help us to be the creations you intended and help us to not shirk and dodge the hope you have for your world that requires quite a bit of work from us. Because we believe you hear and care, we pray the prayer your son Jesus taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven... If the ushers will make their way forward, we'll receive our tithes and offerings.
3: As the ushers have made their way forward, let us be in prayer and prepare our hearts for a time of offering and self-giving. Let us pray. Gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day, your day, and we gather as the church from near and far, we gather to this space, and we ask that you bless these tithes, these offerings, to empower the church near and far, and we may we in our power and our strength and our effort and energy go out into this world as a representation of the church near and far. We pray for the church here in Hattiesburg and Mississippi and around the world may you strengthen it with your presence and power and may the gospel be proclaimed and the life be lived and praying thy kingdom come thy will be done bless and receive these offerings and these gifts and ourselves as a prayer and a worshipful state now and forevermore and all god's children say say amen. 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 Ed, we can go home now. That was the sermon. We are good. Let's hear the benediction and head on home for lunch. It is a pleasure to be with you, Main Street UMC. Know that I'm normally at the nine o'clock service, and uh, my family and I, we all sit in the back, and You guys are blessed because you miss out on the ruckus of my two little ones. So uh, we are blessed that we are in your midst and uh, blessed to uh, be here with you Main Street. Our text this morning comes from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 10, 38 through 42. And if you have your Bible open there, as I tell the college students, if you have your app, scroll to it. And uh, the Gospel of Luke, chapter 10, verses 38 through 42. And let's hear it anew and afresh today. Now, as they went on their way, he entered a, a certain village where a woman named Martha welcomed him into her home. She had a sister named Mary who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to what he was saying. But Martha was distracted by her many tasks This is the word of God for the people of God. Now, I, I want to begin with this little preface that, uh, as I told uh, the nine o'clock service and a couple of the college students were in there, and I said, if you are involved with in the college ministry at the Wesley with me, you know that I am somebody that has tasks and to-do list, and uh, someone that is always at work and doing, and so this is not an uh, uh, unfamiliar territory Territory for me, because I'm normally the Martha in this situation. I'm always doing the next thing and the next task and the next to-do list. And so hear that for me in terms of as I was approaching this, I was convicted. I was sitting with this, and I had that age-old question, am I Martha or Mary? You've probably heard that many times. Don't be a Martha, be a Mary. And uh, so I had that just ringing in the back of my mind as I was sitting with this text For us today. So often as a family, Christine and I will have uh, individuals over to the house. We'll have guests. Uh, Christine will prepare a meal and we'll clean and get things ready and get it just right. And uh, usually involving guests and involving people into your life in that way and being hospitable to them involves a little bit of anxiousness a little bit of anxiety because you've got to get everything just right. The meal has to be just right. The room has to be set up just right. It's got to be welcoming and hospitable from the, from the moment they walk in. And if the in-laws are involved, it's got to be extra just right and even more clean. That is something that I have learned uh, with Christine and myself and, and inviting people over there's a, a lot of anxiousness to it, and a lot of worry that goes involved to welcoming people into your space, and in a sense, doing life with them. Have you been there in that moment as you invite others into your life? And have you felt that anxiousness kind of uptick? And all the things that have to be done at just the right time, and the the boxes you gotta check off as you get ready. At the Wesley, we have a saying and we need to put it on a shirt. And it says, it's a question of who made the sweet tea. And uh, a few years ago, one of our students was going uh, proudly and excitedly to make the sweet tea for the evening and uh, for our meal and if you've ever had the Wesley sweet tea or if you have ever come over and had a meal with us we have sweet tea and water those are our two main courses uh, for drink during our time together and sweet tea and water and our student he went to the kitchen he got the sweet tea ready he was so excited he was grinning holding it up and he had never made the sweet tea before by the way and he brought it in he set it on a table we've all gotten our meal and our cup and we're sitting down enjoying our drink, enjoying our meal and you hear the question, who made the sweet tea? Our student had forgotten to put the sugar in the sweet tea. He was excited, checking off all the boxes, getting it just right, getting it ready and he had forgotten to do the one most important thing. Have you been there? Have you been in that place of welcoming others in and being hospitable and having to get all the right things right at just the right time. But anxiousness is overwhelming, and maybe a little anxiety is creeping in, a little worry if you've done it right or not. That's life. I believe that this scripture sits with us, and I think we should sit with it continually over and over again to remind ourselves, are we sitting with Jesus, or are we at work getting the to-do list done just at the right time? What I love about this text, what I love about this scripture for us, the church, is that it's a great depiction of what Jesus is always up to, and we as people are always doing. Jesus is on his way. He's making his way through Israel, and as you read the text, he enters the town. Jesus has a point and a mission, but on this trip and on this journey, he kind of diverts and enters this town of Bethany. And he finds himself walking into Martha's home with Mary and Lazarus is somewhere around. And there's this family that is sitting in this little town, about two miles from Jerusalem. And Jesus decides to enter that town and that family. Pay attention throughout the scriptures as Jesus enters a town and enters someone's home. He's never alone and he's never by himself. Instead, others sit with Jesus and others are with Jesus as he sits, shares a meal in hospitality and friendship. This day, I wonder if Martha got a text message. I wonder if she got a text message from someone way outside of town saying, hey, by the way, Jesus is on the way. Get the kitchen ready. Get the plates out. Get the sweet tea ready. I wonder if she got an email or a phone call. Hey, can I stop by? Do you have everything in order? Is everything ready for me to be welcomed there? And not just me, but my entire ragtag group of individuals, the disciples, the fishermen, tax collectors, and the individuals that are on the outcast are all journeying with Jesus to Martha's house. No wonder Martha is a little anxious and a little worried when a group that isn't small but large enters her home for a meal. She's doing all the right things. She's being hospitable and welcoming and welcoming this group into her home and getting every box checked off. But no wonder the anxiety and stress is mounting in her inwardly and as Jesus points out, even outwardly. Now I'm a a little brother and my older brother and I would do things to uh, get ready to do the next thing, whatever it was, my parents would set out the chores to do. And he knew if we cleaned the kitchen and vacuumed the room and got these things ready, we could watch TV or go play basketball. I was a little brother and I would always kind of sit around and watch my older brother get all the things done. So I relate a lot to Mary. And Mary in the room, with Jesus, not just sitting anywhere in the room, not on the back wall or kind of in the doorpost, but sitting at the very feet of Jesus, sitting right there, soaking up every ounce and every energy and every word from Jesus as he probably teaches his disciples. Mary's locked in and she's bought in. She's zoned in on a person And then there's Martha. I kind of imagine Martha slamming a plate or a cup, getting a little louder as she cleans up or gets ready, getting a little frustrated. And Mary, not even hearing Martha's frustration, not even giving it any attention, she's zoned in to Jesus. In this moment, Martha... It's feeling that inward pull and it's becoming an outward sign. She's feeling that inward distraction. In the Greek, that word distraction meaning pulling and separating. She's feeling that emotional tug because there's a lot of weight on her in this moment with not just anyone at home, but Jesus, the rabbi, the teacher, the future savior. The future king, he's come to my house. I can feel her weight in reading this and her stress and anxiety. Now, notice with Martha, she doesn't talk to her sister, Mary. She doesn't say, Mary, come join me. Mary, I have a lot to do. Mary flustered She's overwhelmed. She's feeling the weight in that moment. All while Mary is bought in, zoned in, in his full attention to Jesus. In a room full. Now, I like to sit with this text here in the Gospel of Luke, but I also want to sit with John chapter 11 and John chapter 12. Later this week, maybe later today, later on this week, go and read chapter 11, 1 through 44, and then also John chapter 12, 1 through 3. Martha and Mary and Lazarus don't go out of the picture. Instead, they stay involved in Jesus' life. And these three individuals are always weaving in and out. What I love about this picture with Martha and Mary, uh, we had to get a little creative. The college campus was empty, so there was a lot of things to do. There was a lot of tasks to be at hand. And as a minister in general, you got to give people hope and a sign of something. got to do something. College students are coming back. And it was about October, I was running dry and thin. Thin. We had about 40 college students on a retreat out in a retreat center and I'm sitting there and my buddy is preaching and it hit me like a bag of bricks. I had been doing a whole lot of work, but I hadn't been being. I had my checklist of doing all the right things at exactly maybe the wrong time and my being with Jesus was diminishing because there was so much to do. Have you been there? Have you been in that place where all the things you have to do, if you don't do them, they don't get done versus being, slowing down and at rest, Sabbathing. I picked up a book and I want to encourage you to find it. It's uh, Emotionally Healthy Leadership. And Pete Sisquero talks about we are human beings. We are not human doings. We are human beings, and we're meant to be over and against all the tasks and the necessities and the check boxes we have to do. When Jesus sits with you, he sees a human being. When you're sitting with Jesus, you are a human being. He's not looking at all the things you have to do or didn't do. He is sitting with you in that relationship with the two. That's the most important thing. What I started with at the nine o'clock service was, Jesus wants to sit with you. And I think that's true for us to hold on to. Jesus wants to sit with us and we sit with him. To do so is slowing down and making slow steps. with him. A little later in the gospel of John 11, one through 44, you'll see Martha and Mary and Jesus come back on the scene. Lazarus is dead. He's sitting in the tomb and Jesus has waited an extra day at where he is instead of getting on his road and riding into town to save the day. Martha runs to him, meets him on the road and says, if you would have been here, you could have done something. Martha's getting back into the doing for Jesus, the doing for God, the doing, the activity that must be done. And Jesus sets Martha straight. He'll be with, he'll be resurrected. Martha says, I know he will be resurrected when that comes. And Jesus says, no, I am the resurrection. I am the resurrection. Mary is sitting with Jesus, the resurrection. She is sitting in being with the one that is the resurrection. What I love about that picture, that statement, is as we place faith in Jesus, as we place faith in the one that is resurrected, we experience that resurrection here now, not sometime later in a distance. We experience it in the moment so that our life is lived out of Jesus' resurrection. Our life is lived out of being with Jesus, the resurrection. And so that as others experience us, they experience what it is to experience resurrection and new life. It sets all things right. It gives peace and clarity. It gives calmness and order. In a world that is so chaotic and disordered. Raging and warring against each other. and Jesus, the resurrection, the Prince of Peace is asking for us to sit with him. Because he wants to sit with you. So how does your week look? How does Monday look? How's Wednesday coming around? Or Friday? Have you already determined how you're going to sit with Jesus? Have you already set in your calendar, this is my time to sit with Jesus and everything else is going to sit around it. This is when I'm going to spend my time being shaped by the king and everything else must bow down to that kingship. This is how my life is going to look in this coming week out of my being with the resurrection. We as the church... How are we being? Are we being distracted? Are we waging war against ourselves, or are we so captivated by the one that's in our presence here now? Are we zoned in on Jesus in our midst? At the Wesley, we have a saying. We we got it right before the pandemic. If the King is present, what's your response to His presence? If the king, if King Jesus is present in our midst, what's our response to his presence in our midst? It says everything. It shapes everything. As we bow down our lives to him and our lives represent his life in our midst. As we go forth into this world, we live out our being for Jesus and not our doing. As we leave these walls, as we leave these doors and go into this world, whether it be Hattiesburg, a little further down the road, or around the world, others will experience the life of Christ through our being with the resurrected one. So this week as it rolls around, take time today to order out your week, order out our week as the church, so that as we go into this world, we represent and we are the being with God and others as they are with us they experience God through us all grace and all mercy let us pray gracious heavenly father we the church come and we sit with you we the church long for your being in our midst and we the church hunger for more of your hope and your grace In your kingship in this world. May we follow you. May we sit with you. And in our being, may others experience your hope and your mercy and the resurrection that we all long for and we all experience with each and every new day. And all God's children say, amen. Thank you,
1: Eric. Our closing hymn this morning is number 402. Lord, I want to be a Christian, and we'll stand and sing the first verse only.
3: blessing this benediction as you go forth into the world may you be the light of christ wherever you go out of your being with god and god with you every step of the way and all god's children say amen Amen.